Welcome to the American Landscape, where we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 2, Nevada, Mobsters, Nukes, and Neon. And this show, uh, it was just Richard and I. Uh, Mike was unable to make it to this show, so he can chime in when necessary if he's got some questions and clarifications and act sort of like a moderator if he wants. So say hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. That was Mike and then Richard. So this show is a Las Vegas show. We timed it with NAB, the National Association of Broadcasters. And so it was a perfect time to be in Vegas and a perfect time to find some things to film uh, while we were there and stay off the strip and stay out of the gambling halls and the uh, speakeasies and, money. and all those things, which I'm, I'm more bored with these. I don't know. Gambling just, you know, it's fun, but. Uh, you know, the poker tables are like sharks. I'd rather play it with my buddies at home than getting fleeced in Vegas. Um, Onesie, twosie dollar instead of $15, <laughs> $20 at a time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's always the old lady in the corner that looks, you know, uh, easy, an easy beat. And she's like the scoundrel of the table that, you know, fleeces you. And that, that's happened to me more than once. So, yeah, I'd rather play with my buddies in, uh, in Vegas. And I'll drop a few quarters of dimes of you know a few things here and there but uh so anyways we we started the show uh by going out to the mojave cross that you know i we talked in the last show that i'm not one for a lot of side trips that's, that's not to say i don't we i was recently in um arizona visiting one of my wife's friends and on the way back she she lives in surprise arizona uh, my wife wanted to go to yuma and see the territorial prison i said okay you know it's not exactly on the way home but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll drive. We'll drive that way. And I saw a sign that said "painted painted petroglyphs" coming up in a few miles, and it was one of the you know the historic markers. And I said, "You I said you want to go see that?" She said, oh, what is it? I said, "Well, you got a phone in your hand. You know, look it up." Well, she's not always the most quick with that, and you know we're out in the middle of nowhere on Interstate Eight, so weren't getting the best reception. I just I saw the sign. I said, "Next exit." I pulled off. I'm like, hey, look, it says it's 10 miles off the road. You just want to go? So we went. You know, that's – so those who say I don't like side trips, I, I will do one occasionally, but I don't want to do a 30-mile and do my Griswold moment and then leave. <laughs> you know, For those who have seen vacation, right, you go up to the Grand Canyon, uh-huh, uh-huh, and go. Uh, I, that's not my thing. And then fall asleep afterwards. Yeah, and pull the dog. Pull the up behind the wheel. Yeah, yeah, drag the dog uh, hook to your bumper and all that. Yeah, not my thing. So uh, I like to, to get to where I'm going and then do what I'm planned on doing there. But we did stop at the Mojave Cross. It's got some interesting history, some uh, tumultuous history, actually. It was kind of interesting. So we had some new equipment on this show. We, we had uh, a unique Q500 Plus drone that we flew over the Mojave Cross because it's not on federal land. It, the Mojave Cross is surrounded by federal land, but it's private land where we were. Um, we also had a new light. It was uh, by the uh, Indy Systems guy. He had this high-power LED, this little small compact thing. So we were trying that out. I uh, believe we had uh, – did, did we have the easy rig with us, Richard? See. I, I was going to say, I got to say that light was really good because we used it as daytime fill and it worked out pretty decently as daytime fill light too. Is it he, really did. Is he ever not wearing the easy rig? Well, I was wearing the hat. No, you mean Richard? Yeah, he did, we don't always use the easy rig. It, we use it um, 
how would you say when when it's warranted it's not always uh, warranted or convenient uh but uh we did let's see we were still shooting on the 5d mark ii i believe yeah yeah Feel free yeah. to chime in, uh, Mr. Cameraman. And uh, I'm going to say mo most of the shots out there we used uh, were uh, tripod shots. Um, yeah, we're, we're on sticks. Try, yeah. Didn't uh, want to try walking across the uh, rocks because the easy rig was somewhat new, and I was still getting used to uh, how the camera weight was on there. Yeah, we we actually had this thing really weighted up, so we, we had the uh, the Indy System cage. Uh, I think the last time we were, you know. Uh, uh, searching for words, rig, cage, whatever you want to call it. It's this really cool rig. Um, I'm really sorry Tim Oval doesn't make these things anymore, but on there we had, uh, the of course, the camera's mounted in it. It's got a follow focus mounted on it. Uh, the um, recorder's on it. The recorder, the the, uh, the, Zoom the, H, the Zoom H6 is on it. We got two Sennheiser G1 uh, receivers on it, which are, you know, pretty bulky and heavy by today's standards uh use nine volt batteries so we had those uh, both of those mounted on there though we were only on one mic uh shoot with me mic'd up we it's just the system set up with the two receivers on there the cables are on you know it's, everything was strip tied and everything's like ready to go you just pull it out and, and put a few small minor things on it hook it to the easy where you can go and uh and the uh, funny thing not to get too far ahead into the story but later on when we were in vegas at the uh, convention we fortunately are friends with the inventor and maker of the easy rig and he's looking at us with this rig on the easy rig later on he's going i think you're going just past the weight limits for that particular model <laughs> yeah we, we johan uh, he's, he's a great guy um uh where they there's some sweden funny funny guy he's always like oh you big americans <laughs> yeah he's like the skinny little stick uh, shorter statured guy, but yeah, we have. I forgot, um, I'm forgetting which model the easy rig now it's a it's a uh, hybrid because we changed some things on it, but, but yeah, it, it was basically for your running gun type cameras. And we really probably were pushing the edge of the weight limit, which I think was 15 pounds on, on that one, but yeah. hey, it, it worked well, it balanced out pretty well, and, and that's the name of the game. You know, the way I look at it, you could be shooting on an iPhone. If the iPhone works for your shoot, that's great. It works for your shoot. Oh. Don't worry about it. That that reminds me. Something else we forgot to mention. We also have a monitor and everything that's on it. Oh, I'm not looking for the camera. Right. I got the monitor and the battery for the monitor on there, too. That's right. That's right. So, And at this time, uh, we're still just using the... Uh, um, think it was still all oh no we did we did have a um yeah a big uh, v-mount battery in the back of it powering the, uh, the lights and the camera with dummy batteries so yeah there, there's a, there's a freaking lot of weight on that uh, that rig so it, it was really nice so anyways we stopped at the mojave uh, cross we did have a ranger pull up on us no not, she, not a ranger she was a contractor working for the parks department she told me she was a ranger with the parks department, but regardless, yeah, she, was, she was she was she yeah. was she was wearing you know ranger type uh, uniform, and she'd heard the drone, and she says, "Well, you know, you can't fly this on you know federal land." I'm like, "I'm not on federal land, I'm on private property right here." And she kind of looked at me funny, and she was talking about some sound study. She was nice enough; she didn't really give us that much of a hassle. Just you know, I think kind of made her presence known. 
Uh, and that was the only time we did use the drone on this shoot. You know, it's getting harder and harder to use the drone. And just because of all the restrictions, uh, the FAA and, you know, everybody and his mother, uh, you know, are afraid of them falling on people or whatever's going on, oh, privacy they, issues. I mean, just they, when I'm they, testing they, it at my local park, I've heard, uh, you know, people jogging by. So oh, I don't want that peeking in my back. I don't want I'm like, yeah, I'm just... I think drones are ubiquitous enough that uh, that's kind of starting to diminish. The, diminish some, yeah. It's still, you know, there's yeah. some technicalities of we, that's the one thing I'm not licensed on, but we're not making a profit on the show. So I'm not as worried about it, but I do want to get somebody in the show licensed. So we, yeah, well, I was yeah, going to yeah. say the, the, uh, Big thing, I, I think they have enough reason to be fearful for it falling on because we've seen everybody's seen lots of video of drone, big drones too, big uh, thirty, you know, the large cameras have fallen down on people, and they want to just make sure that there's a safety concern on there. But yeah, also, there, there's been some flyaways that, uh, too. There's some great videos is, after of flyaways. I, I think there's also been a lot of people that have been rather careless because they have become so prevalent in our society, and they're just a little nervous about. You know, not they don't. It's not that they don't trust people, but they don't trust people with it all the time. So, well, some of the early, let's say, adopters were a little cavalier, and I remember seeing some of the early, let's say, challenging videos where you know a police officer kind of challenged a guy or somebody complained. The police officers didn't really know much about him either yet, so there was a lot of assumptions that they shouldn't be used, even though they could be used, and. Uh, there's just a lot of bad information out there, but anyways, we we used this uh, for the first time on the show. We went out and tested it a few times. I actually crashed it twice in the same day, but it recovered. <laughs> it took a lick in it and kept on ticking. I mean, I I tried. To, I took it up to its ceiling of 300 feet just to see what it was like, and learned a lesson on aerodynamics, bringing it down, <laughs> and it you, came. Did you get introduced to vortex ring state? Yes, and it just fell out of the sky so i've learned what to do now if i'm having that um unstable of a flight or return to home if you will and hey, then I I, you know, the video was awesome the video was awesome it's too bad i forgot to push the record button on the second one where i misjudged flying between two pylons and nailed one uh <laughs> and again uh, it broke some props but the the drone it's the drone itself uh much better than when my son flew it over a lake in our town and the battery ran out and he had to go mucking through the you know the weeds to to get it and the the, the drone flies with the camera was uh zapped um, i i don't fly over water and i'm finding i really don't need to fly much over 75 to 100 feet the, the higher you get everything's so small I, you know there's no detail i don't need to be that high so we, we've kind of figured out 100 feet is is plenty for us, I, but I think fifty is plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're just trying I, to I get mean, a... the, the shots. The shots that we took oh, that end up being used over there at the cross. I think we were probably running about 25, 30 feet off the ground on it, and they were beautiful shots. Oh, it was higher than that because I, I think the cross itself is is at least thirty feet, if not more, in the sky. Well, I'm talking. I'm talking over the top of the rocks there. So okay, so you're adjusting your to the rocks AGL. Yeah, the, the AGL uh, the thing that always paranoids me with with it is 
you know, the, the, the perception, death perception of where you are. I want to make sure I'm, I'm clearing all uh, telephone poles, you know, wires, things like that. So uh, I feel, yeah, I feel a little better at a hundred than I do at 50. Uh, but anyway, so in Vegas, uh, Las Vegas, I know that the locals, I, I've been chastised a few times. I do some freelance work in, in Las Vegas. They, it's like people in San Francisco. Don't call it Frisco. Call it the city or call it San Francisco. Vegas, they prefer Las Vegas. I don't know. Uh, we'll be proper. We'll call it Las Vegas. We stayed at the, um, w which was our favorite for a while, the Main Street Station. Seems kind of out of the way. You know, it's way back there off of Fremont Street, really kind of the last hotel back there by the freeway. Prices were great. The rooms were clean. And there was no resort fee until recently. Gotta love that. I, oh, yeah. You know, I got to say that. Go ahead, Richard. It was a very nice hotel, and they had uh, pretty decent restaurants in there, too. Yeah, it was recommended by a, a mutual friend that we all know. And and I'm like, really? Back there? And he says, yeah. And then, you know, it's a, it's a filming location from Casino. The parking lot was used uh, to try to blow up. Um, um, Robert De Niro. De Niro, uh, which was told to me was a different location for a long time by somebody on the crew. We won't mention who, uh, but yeah, it was a great place and walking distance to Fremont and all that. But unfortunately now they pay resort fee. I'm doing everything I can to not pay resort fees if all possible. And it's getting pretty darn hard to do that. So I'm probably gonna have to start sucking up and paying that, that stupid resort fee. And you know, when they tell you what it's for, I use nothing yeah, yeah. of what it's for. Yeah. Oh, Wi-Fi pool. For I don't use the pool. I don't use the Wi-Fi. I've got a phone. I don't, you know, in a hot spot with the phone. So yeah, it's it's very frustrating. That used to all just come with your hotel. You know, it's like people that have oh that that gets political. I don't want to go down there. Um so that's where we based ourselves out of for the show for NAB. So of course, we didn't want to miss any of NAB. There's a lot going on. There's It's a big convention. There's a lot of people we want to see and talk to for equipment. But we also want to film. So we got in contact with one place that Mike had suggested, the Mob Museum. And one that Richard had mentioned, but I don't remember if he said he had been there, was the National Atomic Testing Museum. And both of these sounded really interesting. And I thought, yeah, let's, let's give them a call. What the heck? All they can do is say no. And we contacted one other place that i would say would be a lesser i would have thought a lesser of a concern to film out and they, they wanted a big um, a fee location fee and we're like well we'll pass so we uh we filmed the the mom museum i think the first day got up you know got off early to get there before opening because we wanted you know shoot before they opened no I want to say we did the uh, the other one because the mom museums where we finished everything off before we left Las Vegas. So I think we did the. Uh, Why is it everybody's thing? saying I did it in a different order? But uh, I'm pretty sure I'm you're remembering that the order that it was put into the show, but we <laughs> no. shot it the other way around. I don't think because we shot them both before opening. Um, but regardless, right. regardless, I'm sure um, you could look, bring up the files and check the. Oh, I stamp. I could, and I'm probably not going to. <laughs> Because if you, you care that like, much, that was going to be my next. Yeah, yeah if I, uh, regardless, the Mob Museum, we, we didn't have so much equipment, we could have walked to it from the hotel. It's really close. It's very convenient to Fremont Street. It's in the old federal building, the Kafifer, Kafarful, Kafifer hearings were out there. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? I was listening to my local radio AM talk show, and 
they were they had a wordplay kind of going like that. And they goes, wait, there's a there's a guy with a name like that who I think did like mob things. And I'm like, <laughs> I knew who exact. If I hadn't done this mob museum interview, I, I wouldn't have known the name. Uh, but anyways, the the mob museum is a great place to go see. It's not terribly expensive. Uh, it's changed a little bit since uh, we filmed. It's got some new experiences that, you know, if we ever get a chance, maybe we can go back and refilm. Uh, like they've got a speakeasy down in the, the basement now uh, with a hidden room that if you have to ask, I guess you don't get to know where it is. Uh, there's a distillery down there. There's some other experiences. But we had a really good time filming uh, with them. And the challenges weren't too bad. Okay, equipment failure. Um I forgot why, but we, we had a battery drop out on us, so we lost some light. Oh, I forgot to mention the, the Xilite, uh camera-mounted light that is an awesome light by um, – is well, it's called – it's the news is the, the light itself, but it's by uh, Xilite. Awesome light. Uh, I, thought, and, I think – wasn't that the time when we had a bad plug on that? You ended up having to take it in. Yes, they did. It, I okay. I won the the news light at NAB. I think the year before, and I didn't have a proper system for it. It, it was a D tap. So that's partly why I got into the big external batteries, and it it kept popping the the circuit on the batteries here. I thought the battery was bad. It ended up being the the light was uh, popping the circuit. So, anyways, we 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 had the we only had one battery with us. The others were in the car. We, these batteries, oh. Guess somebody else we forgot to mention it, Indie Pro Tools, which is not the same as Indie Systems. Indie Pro Tools making the batteries and the, the mounts. I have V mount. Um, Richard's got gold mount. Um, happened by accident, but that's probably good too, so we'll mix up our stuff. Uh, but we had to go back down to the car and get one, which was semi embarrassing. But she says, ah, we've had all kinds of film crews do that. You know, you, you can only carry so much with you. And we had to shoot part of it without the fill light because of this this problem that uh, Zion jumped all over and fixed right away once we identified what the problem was. Uh, and they were really good. They've got really good customer service, as does Indie Pros. Uh, that was the only challenge on that shoot. There are some dark areas of that museum. Uh, Richard probably would agree on that. But uh, we also went... We didn't mic everybody up like we did the first show. We actually went with the, with the handheld this time, which, you know, over time I'm learning. I, there's, a, there's a place for a handheld. I, I probably won't use them again if I don't have to. Uh, and we, we got some pops and hisses here and there, some interference. And the, the old, again, still G1 Sennheiser packs we're using on this one. And we've since resolved that issue. But at the time, it, that was still going on. Uh but any anything so, that really arose for you that at the Mom Museum, as far as shooting the show, again, we're on 5D Mark II still. Uh, we we used the Easy Rig. I don't think we ever went um, on a tripod on this. I think it was all Easy Rig or no, handheld. No, it, it was all Easy Rig, the whole thing. And I, with the hissing and pops, I think part of that was awesome because there is a lot of interactive uh, lighting and audio that goes on throughout the museum. That's It's what makes the museum really neat. And sometimes some of the uh, cues, uh, the electronics that make the uh, lighting work in there, they got a uh, electric chair that you can have somebody <laughs> sit down and pull the lever, and it yeah. causes all sorts of lighting effects in there. But sometimes some of those lighting effects, uh, the uh, dimmers and whatnot, will interfere with how the wireless mics 
kick in, especially with the older systems. So that was part of what we had going on too. Yeah, I mean, it's a we're, we're speculating here. We've talked to Sennheiser about it and uh, trying to figure out. Of course, they're like, well, you know, they're you're, you're still in the first generation. Maybe you need to upgrade. And like, of course, you're going to say that. But I, I I I could send them in, have them tuned up, have the check the crystals checked and all that. But I don't know if I'm going to go down that road or not. Uh, of course, we could always just plug it in with a cable. But you know, I'm trying to be as slick as possible and look as uh, like look like we know what we're doing. <laughs> Professional. Uh, That's the word you're looking for. That's right. Professional. professional. And uh, and I think the, the show turned out really well, and I think it does look good. Um, so the other thing we did, I mentioned the Atomic Testing Museum. Uh, that was really good. The the director, and this is a uh, – uh, what's it? The association is with the uh, Smithsonian. Yeah. Was And to me, that was a huge deal. I'm like, wow, this is only my second show. And we're in a, you know, uh, an affiliated Smithsonian location, you know, and again, open arms, really welcoming. And the director who spoke with us, uh, it was so interesting. Uh, it was, and we, and there was a few editing challenges here. There, yeah, and we talked about the depth of field issues with the, you know, shooting the 5D Mark II and shooting to the monitor, and you know, there was some some footage I couldn't use that I would have liked to. Uh, but overall, I think we got really good footage of um, everything. I had to leave a lot on the editing room floor at both of these because they, the people are just so interesting. And, and, you know, Mike mentioned, I think, in the first show that I usually don't have a list of questions. I I wing it. I I'm, I want to be like when I go to these places. And I, if I see something, I'm going to like, well, what about what about this thing over here? You know? I'm not trying to channel Hugh Hauser and go golly or whatever he used to say and say, uh, uh, look at that. That's like, but, it, but in a yeah, way I do, saying. you know, it's like, it's like, wow, what, what is that big hole over there? You know, or what, what is that? I'm just you always know? saying you should, ju you should just have a starting spot and then you can always, yeah. I, you know, from there. we, we can't say that. I mean, I do look up their websites cause I'm looking for contact information. I look at some of the general things yeah. I, I know that there's going to be this or that, but I don't want to read too much because I I don't want to look bored, you know, for one, which I might be, who knows. Uh, I generally want to be going, wow. And, and I know I've... I've he wants his, he <laughs> internal, wants his surprise to come across. And, you know, I, I, I really yeah. do. And, and, and when we get to one other show... Um, We'll have to explain the difficulties of what happened. And I was showing it to my wife, and she's like, "That's not the first time you saw that." I'm like, "No, that's actually the second time." Over like months later, she goes, "Wow, I would have never known that." But uh, so sometimes I can pull off a uh, surprise, but I really generally want to be surprised. And um, yeah, that's just that's just kind of the way I, I approach the show. I don't I. I don't want to fact check my guys. I just want to, you know, if something pops in my head and I know something's wrong, I might say, well, you, you know, you sure. But uh, I really generally want to um, to be surprised. And, and we're still working out the walk and talk. You know, it, um, that's not always easy as it looks because there's, again, I talked about the dance in the first show. If I'm here and I want the guy I'm interviewing to be the main focus on camera, I've got to move here. He's got to look this way. A lot of times they tend to want to look towards what they're telling you about, not to the camera. And we're trying to get all that in one shot. It's, it can, it, 
it can be difficult and it, it's it's um it's interesting to see how that all works when we're behind you know there in in uh, in the place and luckily most of the time we've been able to peruse the place a little bit before we shot not so much at the mom museum that one we were kind of uh they had a director like a uh, communications director who took us around and <laughs> she didn't correct me she corrected the guy we were we were interviewing uh, to, uh and we had to reshoot that, some that things sometimes uh so it was kind of and it's the first time it's happened it's never happened since and you could see that they were really controlling their message not so much that um we were being you know bamboozled or anything but like no, i said it's, it's, sure that they got the right message out well yeah and it's like i said it's easy to say titanic plates instead of tectonic plates right it's yeah. easy to say the USS Missouri, which is as famous as the Arizona for different reasons, and let it slip. And he had said, there, you know, it, it, well, we don't need to tell the details, but and, and it was an innocent thing. It's just it was the way he phrased it, which made it sound like something else. I knew what he meant, but they wanted to be 100 percent clear on the final edit that it was this and not that. So I appreciate that. That, that, that was fine. But it's the only time we've had that kind of scrutiny uh, in all the shows we've done so far. And I will say one other thing with the mob museum was interesting. And this, I'll just throw this out because it makes, I would think it make people want to go out to, there are a few things we were not allowed to film in there. There was some stuff that they just flat out said, no, we really don't want, you know, it's part of our displays and everything, but this isn't something we really want to be, putting out on the show so of course we uh, you know obliged them and everything but i'll just put that out as a little extra tease that yeah there's some other stuff that just that didn't show up on the show that's well worth going to see well remember we you know we got maybe six minutes of airtime out of a couple hour interview well, uh, but i'm just saying uh we really haven't had that many places that said you can't show that particular item it was just interesting with the mob museum well that's and, um, and they they did explain to me it was it was copyright issues where you know it, this can be shown as uh you know as a display but they don't own the rights for it to show up and be broadcast yeah, again no, somewhere no media else rights, no media rights. Right, they, right also on the uh uh atomic test museum you were talking about them being with the smithsonian and with that they get the national archives involved but they're also affiliated with the Nevada test site itself, and oh, hopefully yeah. Yeah. invited, and we'll be able to do a show going they, to go out to the atomic test sites out at Mercury, Nevada. Yeah, that would be cool. In a future show, we do have another connection to that at a another place we visited, and it's like sometimes it's like you never know when something's going to book in something else, you know, down the line when you don't even intend to do that or expect it to happen. So that's been kind of interesting also how some of that works out. Uh, but, the, yeah, Nevada or Atomic Testing Museum, well worth the stop. It's not terribly expensive. I I don't remember now what it is, but it's family-friendly. And, and that's another real focus of our show is family-friendly and being, uh, being able to go where we go. You know, Hugh Hauser, if you don't know him, uh, he's passed a few years back was an institution on California PBS uh, uh, TV. And sometimes you go places that the general public could not go. Uh, Samantha Brown, sometimes she'll be in places the general public doesn't go. Rick Steves, you know, his stuff is pretty much anywhere the general public can go or would be willing to pay to go because he sometimes he stays at, you know, 
not what do they call it? it was not 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 a and b but it's a when they're like a working farm parismos or i don't know where they're like a farm restaurant house kind of parismo? Oh, yeah i don't remember it so it was a, an italian one i saw but anyways our intention is never to go someplace where the general public can't go now that's not to say that sometimes when we went to some place that's open to the general public that we haven't been invited to go behind the scenes, fine. But in general, you're going to be able to go anywhere we go. That That's kind of one of the top priorities uh, of the show. Uh, plus, we're not trying to go, you know, I love the air museum, so we're trying not to overdo air museums or train <laughs> museums or whatever. I mean, I, I could spend every weekend going to an air museum. So we got to spread those out a little bit, but or dedicate one show to that, and then move on to a, a different subject. Uh, but I was Air Force. Uh, uh, Mike was in the Navy and the Army. So sometimes when we see military things, it's like squirrel. You know, <laughs> we, let's, let's stop here. And you know, we've been trying to go to one place that so far has not, you know, said yes. So we're gonna we're gonna keep working on that, and hopefully that will work out. But. Um, well, Fortunately, everybody around them has said yes. So we've been we still yeah. have been able to get some of those things going. Yeah. So the the third location for this show was not something we even got to interview, and it, it didn't turn. I, I guess say this was the low point for me in the show, but it, it still worked out. It was a neon. Uh, we just basically drove around the streets uh, with the, the camera mounted on the uh, uh, the vehicle to get the neon and the lights because you know, it's not all neon anymore. A lot of it's digital. Other other ways but the idea is you know kind of see those old uh, vegas neon lights or just see the way the strip is lit up which which is beautiful in itself and there you know there are free things you can do on the strip like the the water show uh the fountain show at the, um bellagio, bellagio or the the uh, volcano at the um mirage is it the mirage yeah last time we were there it was still there it was still nice to be able to drive through some of the classic ones they Come down from by the Fremont, 60s, yeah. yeah, yeah. They do they, call it. Uh, I forget. They call it. Uh, oh, there is a sign up there. It's the neon, like history walk or something. And, uh, yeah, down by Container yeah. Park and the other end of Fremont Street. And then, unfortunately, you know that Ti or what I still think of it as Treasure Island used to have a great, you know, pirate show out in front, which is nothing like it used to be. Uh, but you know, so there's still some free things that are family friendly in the strip. But you know, we try to really find something that you could spend a few hours with your family and do. And the Mob Museum and the Atomic Testing Museum are both places that are well worth seeing while you're you're in Las Vegas. They're a little off the strip. You might not think about them, but you know, hopefully, maybe you go watch the show or just listen to this podcast and say, you know, I'm going to try that the next time I'm in Las Vegas. So. All right, any last parting shots? Uh, remember to go to our website, uh, theamericanlandscape.tv, or our YouTube channel, uh, The American Landscape. Like and subscribe. We'd appreciate it. Any show suggestions to Greg at theamericanlandscape.tv or Mike and Rich at theamericanlandscape.tv also. Or, you know, and hopefully you'll become a follower and, you know, a, a viewer, viewer and YouTube and stick with us as we travel around the country.